godly values. You know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what, where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is Airing the Addisons. Alex McFarland, so honored to be with you here today. Hey, let me give you a Bible verse, and then we're going to uh, bring up a couple of very special guests. You know, in the Word of God, Galatians 6, verse 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And the word there means not give up or or lose heart. Uh, The similar wording is in Luke 18, 1, where the Lord Jesus, he said that uh, we are to always pray and not to faint or lose heart. In other words, don't throw in the towel. I've often said, you know you're called by God if you throw in the towel and God throws it right back at you. Alex McFarland here, encouraging you to not be weary in well-doing for, listen, the truth prevails. Always the truth will prevail, and it's always right to stand for truth and to be courageous for God and country. And so we're going to meet somebody who is doing that, Kevin McGarry, in just a moment. We're going to talk with him. But I want to welcome you. If you recognize my voice, it's probably because of a show called Exploring the Word that is heard an hour from now. And so uh, we'll be on there with Bert Harper. We're just now entering the book of 1 Corinthians. So if you want to be a part of uh, Exploring the Word, I'll be on the American Family Radio Network uh, in just an hour. But right now, our nation, if ever we needed people to rise to the call of uh, Galatians 6, 9, and not be weary in well-doing, but keep on, fight the good fight, stand for truth, speak uh, righteousness, this is the time. And so somebody who's doing that is Kevin McGarry. I'm very honored to have him on. Uh, Kevin, we had you on probably, I don't know, two months ago, um, but... I'd like to pick your brain about a lot of things, but I want to welcome you back to the American Family Radio Network and uh, give people your website, and then let's dive into some issues relative to God and country. But welcome back, Kevin. Oh, Alex, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, I'm honored to be here. Uh, yeah, so I'm the uh, uh, I'm one of the founders of Every Black Life Matters. Our website is everyblm.com, everyblm.com, and you can find out about us, our mission, our primary pillars, charters, uh, vision, everything there. So uh, please go there and uh, and be prayerful and supportive of our works as well. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I was reading in the news earlier this morning about how the financial scandals that have hit the uh, BLM movement, and uh, Uh, Let's just say this. I mean, this never was about equality and eliminating racial strife, was it? I mean, isn't it it about ideology and a whole lot more than just harmony among different ethnic groups in America? Yeah, it's it's more about social and political activism. It's more about uh, being a Marxist revolutionary. 
if anybody's read or studied Marx, you understand that uh, his primary goal in life, this is his words, was to dethrone God. What he meant by that was every institution needed to have a critical upheaval. And he believed that uh, the agitation, especially in America, needed to be in every domain. Uh, every uh, hegemonic force uh, needed to be completely upended. And uh, he saw that coming through his Marxist communist revolutionaries that he unleashed around the world. And so, uh, you know, BLM is a uh, more representative of a revolutionary force, a Marxist revolutionary force, not representative of a, a force for, uh, for black life and standing for black life within the black community and the various plights that blacks do have to endure at a disproportional rate today. And uh, so that's why we started Every Black Life Matters, as, you, as, you, as we recall sure. from the last conversation, uh, yes. is because we felt that, you know, there should be a sincere organization uh, actually looking to help black life in every phase of black life, not just police brutality, but every phase. Uh, the number one phase is just getting out of the womb. Blacks are yeah. disproportionately and summarily targeted uh, in the womb. And so that, that causes the, the, the prime problem that we have is being born at the same rate that other ethnicities are. So anyway, that's just one example. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go too far afield from where you want to go today. Well, but it's well, good to be here well, it's it's great to have you on. And you know what? When you and I first talked, I don't know, six, seven weeks ago, um, I, I don't know. I, I certainly couldn't have envisioned that we may be on the eve of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Maybe you and uh, my my beloved colleague, Neil Mammon, with whom you work, Neil, we've yeah. had on and I appreciate him so much. Uh, first of all, um, your your initial your initial uh, reaction when you heard that that maybe we are on the eve of seeing Roe versus Wade uh, overturned. Now I know there are a lot of other things that can happen in the states, but just the initial on first blush, what did you think when you heard that? Well, I thought it was uh, so. I kind of anticipated it when they when I heard they were taking up the Dobbs case last year. I thought, okay, there we go. I think yeah. you know because you can't you can't. Here's the thing: if you are a constructionist, a strict constitutionalist, uh, somebody that's sincere about just upholding the principles of America, and you look at the Declaration of Independence in the Constitution, you cannot not overturn Roe v. Wade. I mean, Roe v. Wade was uh, legislating from the bench. It was horrible, horrible uh, uh, judgment uh, on the Supreme Court in in the early 70s that did that. So, um, you know, because the Declaration of Independence tells us that, uh, you know, all, all are created equal and, and you know, should be uh, have the opportunity for life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And the 14th Amendment declares that no, uh, no man should be deprived of life, liberty or property without due process. And so when you look at that, you look at the fact that we have literal human beings. Uh, maybe they don't have a voice yet because they're not born, but they are human beings. Uh, they are uh, scientists proven that they are oh, yeah. that life begins uh, with conception, and so you can't not overturn it. They're just trying to correct what's been for the past almost fifty years such horrible, uh, you know, judgment. And yeah. so we'll get a chance to correct it. That's what we see. Yeah, and and I mean, look at the um, 
I would say the unscientific things that have, uh, in, in the quest to try to defend that life doesn't begin at conception or that the unborn is not a human or that constitutional rights for all human beings somehow don't go to the unborn uh, and ju the, the illogic like was present in those that were trying to defend slavery, you know, in the, the uh, 19th century. Um, just look at all of the anti-knowledge that has been uh, foisted upon the American people over the last five decades during the, you know, the, the pro-abortionist, no legal protection for the unborn. I mean, we're a less moral nation, I think a less um, critically thinking nation in the five decades that we've been pummeled with these vacuous arguments attempting to legitimize abortion. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, what we see is rampant, gratuitous demonism. And I know I can say that on your on your show because absolutely uh, you're a brother of the Lord. And, and uh, you know, we need to we need to understand where this is coming from. And so people in your who listen to your show that are spiritually inclined, hopefully this makes sense to them. If you read uh, if you read uh, Genesis 315. Uh, where God gives uh, Eve and the serpent their consequences for their rebellion. Uh, basically, he tells uh, the serpent, he says, and there will be war, or enmity, if you will, between you, the serpent, and the woman and her offspring. This is a definitive target of, of the, the demonic realm, uh, our children, and and since that time, we we of course saw the Moloch and and Baal uh, child sacrifices, uh, and throughout history, how how children have been uh, targeted for destruction by the demonic realm. And today, we have the most uh, horrific acts being done, and actually being applauded, and 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 being fully supported by these folks that are uh, uh, shrill and hysterical about this potential ruling. Um, where, you know, children are being uh, dismembered uh, piece by piece in the womb, uh, and they can feel every part of it. Uh, they've already proven that these, these babies can feel it. And, uh, and then they're parts of the soul. So we are uh, inhumane, uh, demonic, and we need to start to get back on the right track, and I think that this ruling will help us to, uh, uh, you know, start a revival and another Great Awakening, hopefully. Sure, sure. You know, as uh, as dark and um, discouraging as the times might seem to be, because, I mean, goodness, you know, when you want to talk about the, the health of America, I mean, if we were doing an intervention for a loved one, you know, if, if we—I want to ask you this, Kevin, if we were doing an intervention for our country, what, it, what are the top three or four issues you would bring up? It's almost like, where do we start— but uh, let, let's say America is a loved one in trouble, uh, their life is imploding, their future is absolutely in jeopardy, it's time for an intervention. What are the issues that you bring up, Kevin? Uh, first and foremost, a complete, absolute, and uh, total rejection of Darwin and Darwinism. Uh, if you know anything about Darwin, you understand that he was, uh, you know, that he was the mentor, if you will, of Marx and Engels. So you have to completely uh, uproot that and uh, publicly renounce and denounce Darwin. Uh, take him out of all our, our curriculum. Get rid of him. Was 
a absolute cancer. And still his, his impact and his curriculum uh, is just uh, notorious to this very day at all levels of education. That's number one. Number two, uh, we need to absolutely reject and denounce Marx. Uh, yeah. There is no happy medium with Marxism. We need to get rid of that. And then number three, an absolute embrace of biblical principles. Um, mm. So we have to get rid of the demonic principles that so many of us have been influenced by, and we have to embrace the biblical principles. Wow. So it, it, I'm not saying that we have to have a theocracy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's some gotcha. principles that are morally, biblically based that we as a nation need to embrace. And if we can do that, I think that we, we'd be on our way uh, to uh, a great intervention. But until we do that, we're we're, we're really messed up at the, at, at the present time. Do you, do you have hope that America is savable, Kevin? Uh, uh, yes, I do. I, 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 I do have hope. I think that we need uh, righteous and faithful people at all levels, which would include school boards, which would include the uh, county commissioners, which would include uh, city councils, which would include mayors all the way up. So I, I think that people of faith should be, uh, you know, you know, you know, intentionally putting themselves um, in places of power so we can actually begin to have righteous and faithful, uh, uh, you know, policies that, that, that help in our community. So I think, I think we can do that. I, and I think we're going to see that. I think we'll see that in this next election. I think that we'll we'll see a, an overturn of Roe, and I think that we'll see a new president. And so I, you know, I, I yeah, I, I, I am hopeful. Uh, but in the meantime, we we are in a world of hurt, and uh, we we it's God's sovereignty that's upholding us, uh, moment to moment, day to day, because these people absolutely, purposely want to destroy America. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, we're just talking with Kevin McGarry for those t- uh, tuning in. And uh, Kevin, can you hang through the break? Because there's so many things I want to ask you. you. Give your website. We've got this music. Everyblm.com. Everyblm.com. Please visit us. Everyblm.com. Great website. I've known Neil Mammon for, I don't know, 15 years plus. Kevin, you and he are working together. Great colleagues for God and country. This is the American Family Radio Network, Alex McFarland, and you're listening to Airing the Addison. Stay tuned. We've got a brief break. More about these primaries, our country, and how you can make a difference as we continue our conversation with Kevin McGarry after this. Don't go away. For American Family Radio, this is Gateways to Better Education. I'm Eric Buehler. As you prepare for this coming school year, I'm sure you'll expect your children to be diligent in their academic studies. Schools have standards and expect students to rise to those intellectual expectations. Do we have similar expectations regarding their spiritual understanding? Tests are routine at school. Do we ever give our children a written test to see what they know about basic Christian teachings such as the Trinity, the attributes of God, and justification by faith? You could do that this summer at home. It is a real problem when our public schools expect more intellectual learning than we expect spiritual learning for our children. We must do more than feed our children spiritual ice cream. 
Gateways to Better Education helps equip families so their children thrive in public schools. You can be a gateway to better education for your children. For help, visit gogateways.org. Introducing AFA Streaming, a new online platform that hosts all AFA-produced video content, including documentaries, church curriculum, American Family Radio shows, and our Cultural Institute series. The Constitution only works in the atmosphere of Christianity. Critical race theory and intersectionality are new religious frameworks. The Christian must say, as Paul said to the Galatians, there is no new gospel. AFA Streaming is a vital step that we are taking to fulfill our vision to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. You'll find top-notch resources that address the issues of our day related to marriage, family, the sanctity of life, and many others. Start streaming today, streaming.afa.net. Carbon-14, in diamonds? This is Ken Ham on a mission to call the church back to God's Word and the Gospel. Carbon-14 is a radioactive form of carbon that over time completely decays away. Now, it can't last more than 100,000 years at most. But did you know there's still carbon-14 in things like coal, fossils, and even diamonds? Think about it. If coal and fossils were really millions of years old, as secular scientists claim, then we shouldn't find carbon-14 in any of them. But we do. And diamonds are supposed to be 1 to 3 billion years old, yet they have carbon-14 in them. They simply can't be that old. But in a biblical worldview, this all makes sense because the Earth is just a few thousand years old. It's not billions of years old. Discover more answers when you visit us at AnswersRadio.com and plan your trip to the popular Ark Encounter. Plus, subscribe for Ken's Daily Insights at AnswersRadio.com. Where else can I go? Hearing the Addisons, you know, Alex McFarland here, by the way, I want to say, uh, Will and Mickey Addison will be the keynote speakers at our camp. We do a summer camp every year. The theme this year is coming up July 17th through 22nd, by the way. The camp is called Unashamed, Building Your Biblical Worldview. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, it's near Raleigh, North Carolina. We've got, I just found out, we've got like 30 teens flying in from across America. Be about 100 teenagers, middle school, high schoolers we're talking about obviously the gospel, what it means to be a disciple, but we're talking about America. We're talking about the worldview, uh, the battles for what people believe, and we're challenging these middle school, high schoolers to stand up for truth, to be courageous. They'll be equipped. Will and Miki Addison will be there in person. I'll be there for five days. We're going to go over so many key issues, plus have a lot of fun. I promise you, all the teens that come to our summer camp unashamed building your biblical worldview all they're going to be asking is oh my goodness when is next year we want to come back hey my website is alexmcfarland.com and we have 12 slots left a dozen more kids uh we have room for 
So pray about that. Reach out any way we can help you um, come to our worldview camp, because as Kevin McGarry was saying before the break, I mean, the future of the country really hangs in the balance. Uh, I want to get back to my conversation with Kevin, and I want to thank you for making time to be with us. But even more important, Kevin, I want to thank you for the the creative, innovative, fruitful ways that, that you and every BLM, uh, the website, you guys are standing up for truth. And uh, so anyway, uh, before the break, for those just tuning in, you, Kevin, you very astutely gave this intervention. Uh, Darwinism, I'm with you. Uh, bad philosophy, um, Marxism, bad economics, and the need to implement Judeo-Christian biblical principles throughout our culture and government. Uh, brother, we know God can do it, but what do we as Christians and citizens do to uh, position ourselves to catch the wind of what God might want to do? How do we do that, Kevin? Well, okay, there was just a study that came out that talked uh, with the um, Arizona Christian uh, Arizona Christian University or something like that. Um, just came out uh, just a few days ago. It talked about pastors, the majority of which do not have a biblical worldview and do not fully embrace uh, biblical ways of living. So, uh, first, I think we need to sort of clean house. We uh, we need to, as pastors, start to go. Uh, uh, they call it uh, syncretic. Uh, basically try to synchronize uh, the Bible with culture, uh, a demonic culture, a holy demonic culture. We have pastors trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to synchronize the Bible with that. Uh, We need to call them out, Uh, you know, plain and simple, and we need to, we can do it respectfully, but we we need to call out pastors and say, look, um, you know, this is not biblical, and what you're saying here is not biblical. And I think you need to, you know, uh, do some research and and uh, really, you know, c- come back to to the body of Christ uh, next week and 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 do a mea culpa. So we need to start calling out our supposed, and I'm saying in quotes, religious leaders. Um, uh, we need to uh, stand firm. We need to know the Word of God ourselves. So we need to, you know, stand firm. Uh, so many in the body of Christ are are falling for BLM, critical race theory. Um, you know, black liberation theology or liberation theology generally, um, and uh, and Marxism of, of various flavors uh, throughout these things, and 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 so we need to. Uh, if we knew the Word of God, we would know Galatians one eight one nine. When Paul talks to the church, he says, "Look, uh, even if an angel from heaven gives you one iota of a different gospel than what we have preached, they are cursed to hell." He was so emphatic yeah. about it; he he said it again in one night. So anathema. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we need, you know, I mean, and, and so here, here's the thing. If we actually read the Bible and understood, uh, Ephesians 2.14 says that, that Jesus came, he tore down every barrier between Jew and Gentile, male and female, heaven and earth, I, he, all barriers. He, t- he took them all away. Uh, and so we're all one and unified in him. So uh, for anybody in our body to be standing uh, with these other Gospels, including critical race theory, including uh, BLM, including Marxism, including Black liberation theology and all of these others, social justice, and um, um, you know they need to embrace the Bible first and foremost, uh, and and uh, the Bible eviscerates all of these uh, sort of schemes of of, of men, um, and so that's how we begin to turn this thing around. Um, yeah. We need to stand on God's word. God, either the cross and the Bible and the gospel is wholly sufficient, or it's not. 
And, and the only way that we could confirm that it's wholly sufficient for us is to adhere to it 100%. Now, if it's not sufficient, uh, you know, I think people that, that declare that the Bible is not sufficient and that what Jesus did on the cross is not sufficient, they should boldly declare it publicly so we could know uh, to stay away from them. Uh, instead, we have these, you know, these folks that are trying to play both sides. And uh, this, is, this is the problem. We have to have discernment in these times. Yeah, and you know, let me, let me just say this, and uh, we're going to have to pull away in a second. But to the to the fellow Christians who I love, I love the body of Christ. But so many Christians, they'll say to me, um, Kevin, they'll say, "Well, you know, my home is in heaven. You know, God didn't call me to save the world. My home is in heaven." I'm like, uh, "Yeah, but you got to live here in America till you get there, because you know, I, I don't. All of these these Christians, and I'm not questioning their relationship with the Lord, but I mean." These Christians, and especially pastors that are not willing to speak up, and, and frankly, I think a lot of pastors are just, they just don't have the courage to lay the cards on the table and really speak out against sin, but um, to the people that talk about their home is in heaven, so let America implode, I'm like, okay, great, now where are you going to live for the next 25, 30 years? Uh I think we have an obligation and a calling, uh, and when we stand for America, that doesn't mean that we're ignoring heaven. Of course our home is in heaven, but we're supposed to um, be salt and light in our culture till we get there. Am I right? Exactly, exactly. It says, occupy until I come back. So we should be salt and light 100%. Um, um, you know, we have to declare the gospel of the kingdom in every domain. Uh, basically what those people are saying is, look, uh, I don't care if uh, America goes to hell in a handbasket. I don't care about my children and grandchildren as they are, you know, uh, psychologically abused by these school systems, and they're they're made to think that they're a, uh, a different uh, type of creation other than what God biologically created them to be. And uh, they start self-loathing because they happen to not have enough melanin. Um, mm. That's what they're saying. And I don't think anybody in their right mind would actually, uh, you know, completely agree that that's what they really want. So we, if, if we want a godly uh, nation, if we want uh, you know, our children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren to be motivated by the Lord, then we have to do whatever little we can do in our spheres of influence and stand for God and His kingdom. And that is every, every domain, including politics, especially politics. Uh, civic engagement is essential. Uh, there is nowhere in the Bible where the Lord told us to demarcate our Christian uh, our, our Christian walk and and and, and stay away from uh, anything political. So uh, mm-hmm. that's a trick of the enemy, and he has uh, you know basically uh, you know mastered that piece, and that's why America is in such horrible condition right now because the church has not stood up and been brought forth in all of these domains that we should have been. So it's time for so, us to stop. So, so it's uh, one more question. I'm going to have to let you go, but I'm going to ask you to put on your prophetic hat, uh, Kevin McGarry, the uh, prognosticator of the future. Um, assuming that we have honestly tabulated elections, what do you see in the next uh, couple of election cycles? Oh, if we have honest elections, my gosh! Oh, uh, wow! Um, the sky's the limit. Uh, I really, really believe that we could see that that billion soul harvest that so many have talked about, that third great awakening, uh, 
Uh, just yeah. an incredible time in America. Uh, revitalization in every area and every domain. Um, you know, our children could then start going back to public schools because we'd have a, the ability to really right that ship over time. So uh, I, I really think that that's what it's going to take. We have to vote. We have to have legitimate elections. And, uh, and, and, the, and the Lord will be, uh, his grace will be sovereignly upon us and allow us to uh, really see America succeed in the, in, the, in the coming years. Give us your website, everyblm.org. Everyblm.com, everyblm.com. .org works too, but uh, everyblm.com. Take you right there. Kevin McGarry, our prayers Please join are with us. you. We have uh, opportunities for partnership. We love your support and your prayers. Uh, please go through the website, look at our resources area, uh, get to know us, and then uh, support us. I'm so thankful for you, brother. Let's talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. For those just tuning in, Alex McFarlane here on Airing the Addisons. This is the American Family Radio Network. And by the way, uh, if you want to learn more about our summer camp, Unashamed, Building Your Biblical Worldview, plus we're starting campus clubs, viral truth clubs, go to my website, which is alexmcfarland.com. But right now, I want to change gears and bring up, um, well, a website, Voices Against Trafficking, voicesagainsttrafficking.com, and Andy uh, Berger leading that. First of all, am I pronouncing your last name correctly, Andy? Is, is it Berger? Yes, it is. Just like hamburger, just spelt a little differently. Wow. Well, thank you for making time to be with us on the American Family Radio Network. To my knowledge, you and I have not uh, conversed before, so thanks for making time, and uh, good to have you on. I want to hear about what you're doing. Uh, Where are you calling in from, Andy? I'm calling in from Central Oregon, so right in the middle of the state. All right. Well, I think we're we're heard up there, and uh, so that's that's great, and... uh, Voices against trafficking, you know, we, we hear a lot about that. Uh, we hear a lot about human trafficking, and um, we should stand against that. So often those voices, uh, I fear, speaking against human trafficking, um, have a, a leftist ideology. But I want to I hear about what you're doing with the website VoicesAgainstTrafficking.com. Andy, bring us up to speed on what your organization is about. Absolutely. Um, Alex, we are a nonprofit entity, and we bring together um, national, international partners dedicated to ending the business of profiting in human lives. Uh, We're individuals, corporations, survivors, nonprofits. uh, Everybody has their own identity, but collectively we believe that the strength of many voices speaking as one uh, gets the wheel to go further than just one voice trying to do all of it. And so um, we invite anyone to add their voice on our website, voicesagainsttrafficking.com, to be part of the solution. Uh, if people want to uh, have a lifetime membership, they can do that for $50 for the entire life, you know, just to help support us. But there's all kinds of ways uh, to be part of this. And my passion is very personal because I am also a survivor of child sex trafficking back mm. before there was a term. Right. Well, when we hear the phrase human trafficking, what does that really mean? Well, human trafficking, you know, we see movies and things like that, but but the very simplistic definition is when somebody is forced or coerced into doing acts, sexual acts or acts of labor, you know, labor trafficking uh, against their will, and someone is profiting from that. So literally, poaching human beings for profit. Uh, predator mm. Predators are very stealth. Uh, 
they're very smart about how they groom, how they target victims. But at the end of the day, uh, if someone is taken against their will to commit sexual acts or uh, be part of a labor force against their will, that is a trafficking situation. And how prevalent is this around the world? It is very prevalent. Uh, the The industry is actually a hundred and sixty billion dollars globally. Oh my! Ninety five ninety five billion of that is sex trafficking. And here in the states, uh, you know, every forty seconds, a child eighteen years or under, uh, and under rather, is abducted. They are taken or lured into something that looks safe, like maybe an ad for a summer job or, you know, a babysitting gig or, hey, come be my, you know, my photography model, whatever it is. So every 40 seconds in America, we are losing our children, Alex. How prominent is it in America? I mean, we think America is safe and stable, but does this even go on in the USA? Absolutely. In fact, if there wasn't a demand for it, there would be no need to supply it and there would be no profit chain for the predators. And, you know, today the predator isn't like the the gruff or the grisly looking guy that you might see in some of the movies that have been made about trafficking. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen that way. But the average predator looks like your dentist or the librarian or, you know, a coach or something. And so uh, there is so much money to be made that sometimes, you know, the average person uh, may be tempted, you know, to do, to get engaged in that kind of activity. Uh, But unfortunately for me, my goal is to help create greater awareness, uh, Mm -hmm. to get people that feel like they can't do something, show them how they can do something so we can have less victims. Um, For the victim, it's a lifetime sentence when their innocence has been stolen, when they've been violated to the point where they don't feel they have any hope. Can you share a little bit about your own background? I know you alluded to it earlier, but um, as much as you feel comfortable sharing about your your own sure. journey. Absolutely. Uh, again, this is in the early 60s and 70s before there was a term for trafficking and before culturally we even acknowledged, you know, child abuse as something to be taken care of. Uh, but I was trafficked by immediate family members and some extended family members from the age ages of six months to 17 years old Mm. and very long time uh, very horrible horrible way to exist and by the time i was five that was my first attempt at suicide hold that thought if you would andy uh we're talking with andy berger this is alex mcfarland on the american family radio network we've got a brief break come back we're gonna hear her story of security safety and healing and what Voices Against Trafficking is doing today for people made in God's image. Stay tuned. We're going to be back right after this brief break. Don't go away. So they asked me to enter my email address. And the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. Bishop E.W. Jackson. What needs to be told to these black men is 
get a job, stop fathering children that you can't take care of, stop hanging out in the streets, and stop acting like the cops are your enemy anytime you interact with them, particularly when you're interacting with them in a situation where you know they've come expecting potential trouble because of the circumstances you've allowed yourself to be in. How about trying that? Weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Paul writes, when one part of the body suffers, we suffer together. This is Bible League International, and the persecuted church around the world is paying a heavy price simply for following the Lord Jesus Christ. Warlocks burned down the home and shanty church that Emilio pastors in Chiapas, Mexico, near the border of Guatemala. And these male witches, they surrounded the homes of church members so they couldn't leave for two weeks. All of this because Christians oppose their pagan worship, but they lovingly share the gospel with those who persecute them. Listen, hundreds have come to Christ, and when I ask these heroes of the faith, how can we pray for you. They never say pray for an end to our suffering because they know God's working through it. What they pray for is that new believers will be able to endure and persevere under tremendous hardship. And you can do that when you can open your own Bible and be reminded of God's precious promises. So at $5 a Bible, will you pray about it and then make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. Alex McFarland here sitting in for Will and Mickey on airing the Addisons now. Will and Mickey, you know them, you love them. They're going to be our keynote speakers at our summer camp, Unashamed, Building Your Biblical Worldview. That's coming up July 17 through 22nd. Hey, i, I got to tell you another thing, too. Somebody emailed me, and they were like, Will and Mickey, uh, now is this going to be by video? No, in person, with your youth. If you care about the future of teenagers, and we all do, I hope you do, uh, you know, I was a youth pastor for 11 years, and we've uh, been doing summer camps for 22 years. Uh, didn't do one in 2020 because that was the year of COVID. But um, July 17th through 22nd, and there is still time to sign up. Now, the the camp that we do, my ministry does, and uh, AFR lets me promote it on the radio. 
Uh, it's going to be July 17th through 22nd. We talk about what does it mean to be a disciple, but we also talk about the issues of the day. And in just a moment, I'll rejoin our guest, Andy Berger, Voices Against Trafficking. But Will and Miki will be there. Listen, also one of the greatest youth speakers in America, Andy Lawrenson, amazing youth speaker. Now, we're going to do all the fun camp stuff of you know, horseback riding, ropes, course, swimming, hiking, all that stuff. But we're going to drill down deeply. It's for middle school and high schoolers. We're going to talk about being a disciple. We're going to talk about the world views that are really jeopardizing the future of our country and inspiring kids to stand strong for God and country. So go to my website, which is alexmcfarland.com, alexmcfarland.com, and I would love to see. We've only got like a dozen spots left, and we've got people flying in from across the country, but it's apologetics, biblical worldview. One last thing, I will be at the Cove, the Billy Graham Training Center at the Cove. My wife Angie and I will be there July 8th through 10. I'll be teaching the book of 1 Peter, which is on apologetics and defending the faith. So grown-ups, we've got a weekend for you this summer, July 8th through 10, and there are a few, spl- uh, few spaces left for the Cove, July 8th through 10. I'd love to see you there. Well, uh, back with Andy Berger of Voices Against Trafficking. And Andy, thanks for holding. Uh, Before the break, you were talking about your own story, and I was shocked. If you would give us that age span again, uh, that the the years of time that you suffered abuse. Yes, six months to 17 years old. And again, it was in the early 60s and 70s. And so, you know, again, there wasn't a term. uh, People didn't talk about it. My birth mother was the primary predator, uh, Mm. physically, sexually. Otherwise, she coordinated anything evil in our family. And yet, you know, sometimes she'd show up at church on Sunday. So it was a very, very mixed message. And by the time I was five, and she said, I can take you out anytime I want, uh, I decided I would just beat her to the punch. So I went down to the curb of my house, and I waited for a car to be coming by fast enough so I could jump in front of it and just be mm. dead, because I thought that would be a lot better than ever being touched or going into that house and being beaten and being trapped and not having a way out. But, uh, you know, that's where God met me. Uh, I heard this voice in my heart as I was waiting for a car, which never came. And I looked into the sky, Alex, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm a little kid. I'm looking into this huge sky and I'm thinking, I wonder how big it is, how far it is, who made it blue. Is there someone bigger, you know, than the people hurting me out there that, you know, maybe would want me? And so in that moment, I heard God's voice say, this is not the plan I have for you. Suicide is not the answer. And I believed it. I trusted that voice, and I went back up to the garage, and I stood against the door, and I looked out into that sky, and I just said, if you keep me alive, I'll do whatever you call me to do. Now, of mm. course, I'm five, so you right. know, I didn't know wow. how hard that would be. But, but the Holy um, Spirit the was last... calling you. Absolutely. And when people say, oh, God doesn't speak to kids, that is so wrong. I mean, that is just so not right. But uh, 17 was the last time my birth mother tried to kill me. And even though I had tried to run, tried to get help, again, in those days, if you were a minor, you didn't have any choice. And with familial trafficking, family members, they're covered by the birth, by the bloodline. So it's even harder 
if you're a victim in your own home to get help, to be listened to. So how did you go from breaking free and, and, and finding safety for yourself to leading this ministry, VoicesAgainstTrafficking.com? Well, God just, uh, he took, he led me to college. I started looking at how other people lived. I knew that I wanted to help kids uh, anywhere, you know, in this country that, that were like me. I didn't know how, of course, but I knew I had to break whatever that evil or that generational line was. And so at that time, I just put myself into work, into school, got my law degree. I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I'm going to save people uh, that are like me. And um, it just didn't provide the justice that I was looking for. So fast forward to um, marrying a great man, the most amazing human I've ever known, um, after one brief failed marriage to an abuser. And we decided that we wanted to help kids. And in 2008, we started a shelter called Beulah's Place, where we mm-hmm. went and rescued kids off the streets. And so um, in 14 years, you know, we rescued maybe 300 plus kids. And we were able to educate them, get them housing, and get them back into community with a future and a hope the way God intended. And out of that came Voices Against Trafficking, which is mm-hmm. broader spectrum and you know, helps every community, any neighborhood. I speak all over the country. I speak internationally, anywhere where someone will listen to how we can be better at helping our kids, protecting them, and then helping those who have been hurt and devastated. Now, you've got an online forum coming up uh, June 29th. Is that right? That is right. Every quarter we present a forum uh, free on Facebook and YouTube. Anyone can watch. Uh, Pacific time, it's 11 a.m. Eastern time, it starts at 2 p.m. for about an hour and a half. And we bring amazing speakers from all over uh, the world, the U.S., different industries, media or nonprofits or law enforcement. And they give five to ten minute presentations, which help to educate, help to inspire others to action. But again, give the real deal, the real picture of what's happening to God's children. You know, when I was a youth pastor, um, I had a group of college students, and they went to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm in central North Carolina, and it was um, a sales uh, training weekend, supposedly, and... um, a lot of the kids were asked to go. They could go on some foreign, I forget if it was a cruise or somewhere. Anyway, it was out of the country. And um, the kids would get further training and job placement, allegedly. Now, this is, you know, more than 20 years ago. And do you know, my, mm-hmm. my kids from my youth group didn't go. And, I mean, these were some of my college students. And do you know, it turned out to be uh, an abduction um a, a ruse to lure kids outside of the country. And now that was in the 90s. That was a long time ago. But, I mean, these entrapment situations that yeah. um, get people, especially young people, they, they're out there, and this is real. And like you said, give the stat of the monetary value of human trafficking annually. It was in the billions. Yes, annually, globally, it's $160 billion. Um, about $95 billion of that is sex trafficking. The rest can be labor or other forms of trafficking. In the U.S., uh, we are fast approaching being the number one illegal enterprise, uh, human trafficking, overtaking drug trafficking, if we don't do something mm. uh, very quickly. 
So, you know, does, do we really want uh, to be known as the country that, that promotes human trafficking, that promotes the destruction of God's precious children? And, and so I'm not sure why more churches aren't more active about it, but I think uh, I overheard you talk about courage, you know, and sometimes right. people don't know what to say. So what Voices does, we have so many different speakers uh, at different countries, the U.S., everywhere. We offer our services to help open those conversations. We published a book uh, recently, Voices Against Trafficking, The Strength of Many Voices Speaking as One, that has 20 chapters, 20 authors, uh, again, different information, how to protect your kids on the Internet, what gaming is all about if you don't know what the gaming world is all about, you know, how, yeah, to, yeah. how to spot or report. So all of these things are tools to help the average person learn and act. And, and you know, speaking of gaming, there are predators out there. There are multi, multiplayer games and, you know, social media and games where people are logged in from all over the planet. I mean, you can't just take it for granted that that's a benign presence over there. Um, Speak to this, if you would, Andy, about the person that thinks, you know what, I live in small town USA, and this this might be L.A. or New York, but this is not my small town. How how many communities do do these predators and traffickers, uh, you know, get into? Are they, in fact, in Heartland America? Absolutely. And here's here's why. For one, we know every state has human trafficking just statistically. And again, it's only on what's being reported. It's the scarier number is what isn't being reported because victims hesitate to report or or to, you know, make claims because most of the time they're not believed and the other the other factors are shame and guilt and all of that. But you're right. Every community and here's the thing about smaller towns. I live in Redmond just outside of Bend, Oregon and oh, and sure. we're you know yeah, exactly. So we're a little bit of a small town. We're growing fast, but but even in our area, we have people coming through looking for fresh product, which would be somebody's children, niece, nephew, boy, girl, doesn't matter. We have had people, literally, I had a, a couple of men drive up to my driveway. My husband had just gotten home. They were looking for, quote, unquote, their son. Didn't have a picture, no mom there, just a seven-year-old boy is what they were looking for. And they were driving up to houses to find out if there were children there. That's how brazen it can be. But mm. also to ignore the fact that the elephant exists is, in my view, contributing to the problem. Right. Wow. So we need well, to recognize, even in churches and daycare and schools, this happens over and over and over. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, um, we're just about out of time. But in the early church, I love to read the history of the early church. And part of the reason that Christianity was able to overturn the Roman Empire, um, yeah, because the gospel is true and Christ is risen from the dead. But part of the, the reason, and I've read many historians, part of the reason that Christianity penetrated the Roman culture was our ethic of life. Uh, because people are made in God's image, because every human life is yeah. valuable, a child of God, uh, a person that Jesus loves and he gave his life for, um, the Christians protected uh, those at risk, the elderly, the children, the Christians built big families. It was the ethic of life that really enabled the church to overturn the culture. Uh, we can do this again, and we should, shouldn't we? 
Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. Whether it's a grassroots movement or it's taking care of, we need to remind each other that the other person is important too. We need to be other focused. And like you said, as a collective community, let's stand up against this and for our children, for that way of life, as you said, that was able to take down other empires. So uh, again, tell people, if you would, your website, but also the online, the streaming forum that you've got coming up in June, when that is and how people can view it. Absolutely. Voicesagainsttrafficking.com. You'll find information, helplines, hotlines. Uh, The book is there, um, other information. The free online forum for Facebook and YouTube will be um, June 29th. 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we will uh, make an introduction, and then there will be a lineup of speakers talking about all different facets of this issue and what we can do and what we should be aware of. Voicesagainsttrafficking.com. Voicesagainsttrafficking.com. God bless you, Andy Berger. I hope we can talk again, and thank you for what you're doing. Would like to. Thank you. Yeah. You know, folks, we began the broadcast with a Bible verse, uh, Galatians 6, verse 9, very famous verse. Bert Harper and I just taught through the book of Galatians. But the Word of God says this, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. And that means don't give up. Now, you might say, well, our culture is so far gone, and it's so daunting, and the news media is... Uh, left-leaning and, and all these things. But aren't you glad 2,000 years ago, in the face of Roman persecution, that the, the early Christians, they didn't give up? They didn't say, well, you know, things are just so bad, nobody could ever change the world. You know, I, I'm saved, but I'll just wait till I die and go to heaven. No, for the church in every generation, the body of believers in every milieu whether it was ancient Rome, whether it was the Middle Ages, whether it was colonial America, slavery being ended in Europe uh, 200 years ago. Do you know what? Not only the church has this assignment to stand for truth, but it's been punctuated with great revivals. I believe we're on the cusp of a great move of God's Holy Spirit. Everywhere I go, I hear people talking about a third great awakening. And just like in uh, the time of the Reformation, colonial America, uh, the late 19th century. I believe God wants to send a great revival, and I believe he wants to use you in that awakening, and me, and us together. So don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Say your prayers. Read the word. Be equipped. Stand strong. And we're here to help you do that. Thanks for watching, listening to Airing the Addisons. See you again really soon on the American Family Radio Network. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.